Hello, hello, hello. It's Tuesday, which means, hey, there's only two more days until the NFL draft, so it's a perfect time for another edition of the Big Deep Podcast. Before I bring in today's special guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Just uploaded one episode last night, one episode this morning, so please check it out. Also check out the Big Deep Podcast for your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So joining me to discuss all things NFL Draft is one guy who not only covers the uh, college football for the SEC on CBS, but uh, I don't know what he'll be doing this year because uh, usually he's Troy Aikman's spotter, but uh, I don't know what you're going to be doing this fall, David, but uh, you'll be doing something, right? Well, I haven't lost any jobs. I'm just uh, switching networks. So uh, we're still SEC on CBS with Gary Danielson. And instead of doing Sunday afternoons with Fox, we'll, we'll be doing Monday nights with uh, ABC. Yeah. Will that, will that schedule actually be better for you? Because instead of going from like Tuscaloosa to Seattle, you might be going Tuscaloosa to you have at least another day. Somewhere. Yeah. You know, I, I was doing Thursday, Saturday, Sundays for the last three years. And so Fox lost Thursday football. So it looked as if I would just be Saturday, Sunday, but now that Troy left Fox and I'm going with Troy. So yeah, it'll be a much easier travel schedule, you know, f- travel Friday, college game, Saturday, travel Sunday, NFL game Monday night, home Tuesday. It will be weird not walking on Sundays, right? Uh, yes, it will be weird being able to watch football. <laughs> so, um, as you know, Thursday's NFL draft is uh, getting ready to take place in Las Vegas. And to me, as in most years, the question is, who's going number one? Because... As a Jags fan, it pains me because it sucks that we have the number one pick, but who do you think the Jags should take at one and ultimately will take? Because to me, there are four guys the Jags should should consider at one. Okay, who are the four? Uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker. The uh, Georgia pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, Evan Neal and uh, Iki Awano, is that how you pronounce his name? From NC State? Yep. Yeah. I would take the tackle. I actually would trade down with Detroit. Detroit (laughs) wants Hutchinson. I I would call Detroit and bluff and say, listen, I'm going to take Hutchinson. Uh, You know, what are you giving me for him? Detroit's got two third-round picks, one early, one really late. And I would take either third round pick from the Lions, switch spots. I would take the tackle. I'm not sold on any of the defensive ends. I don't think any of them is a Miles Garrett. I think Hutchinson will be a solid player. I do not think he will be a great player. Obviously, I could be terribly wrong here. He could be one of the Watt brothers. But I think he will be a six to eight sack a season guy. I think he'll be a Jeff Lagerman type defensive lineman, and I'm not taking that at first or second overall. Meanwhile, I'm investing my resources in and around Trevor Lawrence. 
And they have a need at one of the tackle positions, number one. Number two, Cam Robinson could leave after this year in free agency. They don't have a long-term deal with them yet. And even if they do, you want bookend tackles anyway. So I would try to trade down and get something from Detroit, who's desperate to draft the Wolverine. And then I would take whichever offensive tackle I like best. Yeah, it's weird because everybody's saying the Jags' biggest need is pass rusher, but yet we've seen teams not win playoff games or not win Super Bowls because of crappy offensive lines. I mean, I look at the, well, the Super Bowl. To me, it's not – I mean, I'll agree that I think they have a bigger need at pass rush than they do at offensive tackle. But I'm not sold on the defensive linemen. I am just not. And I don't want to go bust. At number one, I'm going to be chicken and play it safe. And I'm going to take a tackle that I'm pretty sure is going to give me eight to 10 years blocking for a franchise quarterback. And maybe I'll get my pass rusher next year. Maybe I'll get lucky and Ojabu will be there at the first pick of the second round, or I could trade back in late first round and draft a Jabu and let him rehab his Achilles for a year and have a pass rusher beginning in 2023. So I'm just going to play it safe at the top of the draft if I'm Jacksonville. I think there's a chance to go bust with one of these defensive linemen. I mean, the kid from Georgia only had six sacks last year. Hutchinson, you know, when he went up against good linemen, he didn't play like the first or second overall pick of the draft. And I think he's got one move, and that's a speed move. I, I just i am worried that I'm going to go bust with the defensive lineman. And Thibodeau, they question his motor and whether or not he really wants to play. I'm not questioning myself with the tackle. I'm going to play it safe. If I end up passing on the next TJ Watt or Miles Garrett, I'll take the heat. I actually agree because I look at where Jacksonville is and I think the Jacks have got to build the offensive line better. Yeah, Cam can be the left tackle, but I think Evan Neal can play anyway. I mean, he's six seven, three forty, but yet Evan Neal doesn't feel like he's three forty. He can I think Evan Neal could play left tackle in the NFL right now and Awana reminds me a lot of Quinn and Nelson when he came out of Notre Dame. I think he's going to match the you-know-what out of people. Now, I must admit, I don't think the Jags spent well at wide receiver, but they have <laughs> upgraded the position. In theory, ATN is healthy for you this year. I'm just trying to make life for Trevor Lawrence as good as I can, as quickly as I can. I can buy a defense if I need to at some point. <laughs> yeah, and... I feel like pass rush is so difficult because we see all these guys perform well in the combine. Oh, he ran four five one in the in the scouting combine. I'm like Cooper Cup ran four six two, and it's like, and uh, I don't care what you run in the forty. And I'm not even sure Trayvon Walker was the best Georgia player last year. I I thought uh, Davis and the Kobe Dean were better than Walker. It seemed like Walker just was. A I guy. will say. Georgia's defensive scheme is complicated. Guys, some of their stats will be better on Sundays because they're actually going to have more freedom. That was, I don't know if it was a historically great defense, but that was a great defense, and he was a big part of it. Uh, tough to block one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, to me, though, if I'm drafting a defensive lineman, 
first overall. I have to be guaranteed he's double-digit sacks a year for eight-plus years. I'm not guaranteed, or I don't feel comfortable with any of these guys at the top of the draft. Interesting. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that. But um... now that all indications are, though, the Jags are not going in this direction. They're <laughs> going to go pass rush. Uh, right now, the Vegas says they're going with uh, the kid from Georgia, which means Hutchinson likely goes two, and then the draft starts with Houston at three. So, um, to me, it seems like wide the wide receiver positions become more and more value, not just in the NFL circle, but on draft day itself. What's the over-under on how many wide receivers could will be first-rounders? Well, I think you're going to see about a half a dozen go in the first round. To me, the question is, when does the run start? I mean, there's a chance there's not a wide receiver taken in the top 10. Then again, maybe Atlanta starts the run at eight and the Jets then take one at 10. And then the run starts a lot sooner and look out. In which then even the Saints and the Eagles are worried about who's going to be on the board for them when it's their turn at you know, 16 and 18 and 19 and all that good stuff. So uh, that I think is one of the many parts of the draft. When do the skilled players D start going? There's not going to be a tight end in the first round. There's likely not going to be a running back in the first round. There's going to be two or three quarterbacks in the first round. So when does the run start on wide receivers? Does it start at eight or 10 or does it actually linger into the team? You know, maybe Washington starts at 11, although I have a feeling it'll be tough for them to pass on the safety from Notre Dame. I think Minnesota is going to go corner at 12. So, you know, does the run at wide receiver start with Houston at 13 or somebody trading up to Houston? You know, the Packers have two first round picks. The Chiefs have two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours. And the Chiefs have made a couple of big moves up in the first round to grab guys under Andy Reid. I think the Chiefs may be in play to move up to 13 or Green Bay in play to move up from 22 to 13. I I think Houston's second first round pick is up for sale. I'd also also argue Baltimore's pick at 14 is up for grabs because the Ravens historically move up and move down the draft. Somebody always falls. The Ravens do a good job of, like, getting extra draft picks, and Baltimore has got no problems taking a a guy at 25 and developing into a really good play. I mean, look what Baltimore did. Here's the thing with the Ravens. One, the Ravens would love a wide receiver. And two, what if Jordan Davis is on the board at 14? And he might might be. And if that's the case, I don't see Baltimore taking the trade offer. I see him staying put and taking Jordan Davis. Peloni, not a 2.0? Yeah, or Vita Vea, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Ravens got gashed against the run last year. So And they're switching defensive schemes with a new coordinator. Just something – I'm with you. The Ravens always get a good player. But there could be a Jamison Williams, Jordan Davis up there at 14, and I don't think the Ravens would pass on either. So um, 
Who's the first wide receiver off the board? Because um, you mentioned the guy. I was just thinking about Jameson Williams. Even though he tore his ACL in the national championship game against Georgia, it seems like his rehab's going along very well. He seems ahead of schedule. But could Jameson Williams coming off a torn ACL be the number one guy, or would Ohio State scared Wilson potentially be the top receiver taken? Well, I think it'll be one of the two, and I think you have to look at the Jets at 10. I mean, maybe Atlanta at eight, but boy, do they have a lot of needs. And I'll say this, if one of the pass rushers falls, and there are four defensive ends that are considered top 10 picks, but like if Thibodeau makes it to eight, that, you know, I could see, which is not out of the realm, then... You know, this gets real interesting real fast. I think Atlanta would switch gears and go defensive end at that point, thinking they can get a wide receiver with the 40 in the second round. So I think the Jets do take a receiver at 10, and I don't think they'll be trading it for Debo Samuel because the Niners are going to hold on to him. But um, if I had to bet money as to which one it would be, I would bet London from USC. Or from Ohio State, excuse me. You, you mean Garrett Wilson, correct? That's what I meant, Wilson. Okay. I'm worried about London, by the way. I mean, I know he's coming back from injury. He did not look good in that workout. He looked slow. Could that have been because he wasn't in shape or was he yeah. just running for the sake of it? Yeah, he's not ready right now. If I was him, I wouldn't have worked out. Because I think it hurt. So... Um, Unlike most drafts, I mean, this is the weirdest quarterback draft I've seen since the E.J. Manuel 2013 draft where there's not a franchise or there doesn't appear to be a franchise quarterback in this year's class. Uh, maybe Liberty's uh, Malik Willis or Pitt's uh, Kenny Pickett could sneak into the first round, but uh, – is there a possibility that there are no quarterbacks taken until the Steelers on the clock at 20? Uh, it's possible, although I'd be surprised if New Orleans passed on a quarterback since they've got two cracks at it. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll throw this out there. I don't think the Steelers take the quarterback. Ooh. I don't know if no quarterback has gone until 20. I think there's a chance they take a flyer on Willis. But, you know, the Steelers, I could see them. They're not exactly in a let's put the franchise on hold for a year or two while we groom a quarterback. I mean, remember, they went from Mark Malone in 83 to 2004 with Ben Roethlisberger before they took a quarterback. And while they weren't intending on playing Ben week one, they were intending on playing Ben pretty quickly. I don't know if there's anybody in this draft that they would draft thinking we're going to play them pretty quickly, especially since they just spent money in free agency on a quarterback. So while I don't think they believe Mason Rudolph is in any way their future, I could see them just going with Trubisky for a year or two and waiting to see whether they can get their hands on a better quarterback than what they can do this year. That's actually a really good point because Trubisky's still in. Steelers signed Trubisky. He's got a little mobility. And with Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Steelers might not need 
Like, Roy quarterback, I mean, Big Ben looked like he was 90 years old last year. I mean, maybe the best he could just hold the fort. You know the Steelers are going to play good defense. DJ Watts sacking everybody. If you're betting on what the Steelers would do, and it's my $20, would you bet on them taking Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, or would you bet on them taking either the guard from Boston College or the center from Iowa? I mean, the Steelers build at the line of scrimmage. And I really think the Steelers are going to surprise people by how safe they play it at 20. And they take a plug-and-play interior offensive lineman and they move on. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because the Steelers offensive line last year was not Pittsburgh's usual strength. It was awful. Bad the year before, D. It's been on a decline for a while, and the Steelers know they're. I mean, the AFC is a tough sledding right now. You can't be weak at the point of attack. They can get pressure on the quarterback. They're decent up front defensively. They're not decent up front offensively. They need a much better offensive line, particularly inside. Especially in a division where, you know, Cleveland brings Miles Garrett. The Bengals are so much improved. And Baltimore is going to draft somebody on defense, probably. So, now I do think there will be three quarterbacks taken in the first round. I just think that two of the three will be in the 20s. The one to keep an eye on, a lot of people like Ritter from Cincinnati and they actually think that he might be more ready day one than even Pickett. That's how much they like him. And for, I, don't the quarterback, I don't think any of the quarterbacks will be drafted with the intention of playing week one, however. I think Ritter makes a lot of sense. I mean, if the Lions, Lions have got the 32nd pick, get that fifth-year option. But uh, this is a weird quarterback draft where there's no Trevor Lawrence, there's no Kyler Murray, there's no Joe Burrow. I mean, it feels weird that we're talking number one picks and a quarterback's not even mentioned. Well, you brought up an interesting scenario. Like, let's just say the quarterbacks are falling and either none or one has been taken and it comes time for Pittsburgh to be on the clock. If you're Detroit, are you going to gamble that Ritter is going to make it to you at 32? Or are you going to package 32 and 34, move up to 20, grab your quarterback of the future at 20, and then Pittsburgh moves down and they've got 32 and 34, which is good because they'll think, well, great, we'll draft two starters here. And you have theoretically two first-round picks. Well, yeah, because the Detroit pick second, so they'll have two and 20. And then the Steelers will have, you know, whether you view it as two ones or two early twos, whatever the case is, they'll get two starters out of the deal instead of one. Just going to be interesting. So, uh, to me, a fascinating rumor I've, I keep hearing the, the past day or so is uh, whether Saul Gardner, the kid from Cincinnati, corner from Cincinnati, or Derek Singley Jr., the uh, – LSU Tiger will be the top cornerback because I've heard rumors that the Texans might take Stingley at three. And I'm like, that seems a little odd because, yeah, we all know what Stingley did for the 2019 LSU National Champion squad, but Sauce Garner played great football. Nobody could 
Nobody could beat him. He played great against Alabama. He feels like a number one corner, if you ask me. But uh, you saw Sting me play in 2019. So who do you think is the top cornerback taken? I think Stingley goes in the top 10. I will say that. His stock is rising. I do think people need to take this into account. 2020 was a COVID year. <laughs> yeah. And last year was an absolute you-know-what show in Baton Rouge. I think and, one of the, the last two years were crap shows in <laughs> Baton Rouge. Well, Stingley, however, in 2019 was the best corner in the country. And he was ready for the NFL after his freshman year. And it's tough for those that are basically, I don't want to be here in college anymore, but the NFL won't let me come for two more years to keep playing. And I think Stingley was always playing at three-quarter speed, trying not to get hurt from when I saw him. But I think Houston's in love with Gardner is the word, and that there's a chance that uh, he goes as high as three. But I do think, first off, the floor for Stingley's Minnesota at 12. Can't imagine he drops below Minnesota. But I think there's also a chance that he goes to the Jets at 10. Uh, the Giants would love to get their hands on Gardner and may end up settling for Stingley at seven. Is it so realistically, is the draft for those guys start at four with the Jets first, first round pick? Because that seems like where Saul Gardner is going. Uh, no, I think it starts at three. I think he could go as high as three. I think the draft for them starts at three. And I don't think it'd be a reach because I think both of them will top eight, ten talents. I think Gardner's the top four or five player in this draft. Don't disagree. I listen, I think the safety from Notre Dame may be a top 10 player in this draft. He may not go to 11. Hell, he may not go till 16, 17. Uh, but a lot of people have him graded as a top 10 player in the draft, some in the top five. Yeah, there's always one guy who falls. I remember the year the Chargers got Derwin James at 17, I think it was last year. The Chargers got Rashawn Slater from – Northwestern at 13. Yep. Sometimes it's, you know, teams are drafting more for need now than ever before, and that's why sometimes the quote-unquote best player on the board can drop five, eight spots further than they ever would have a generation ago. That's why it's not mock draft, but the NFL draft. So, um, what team do you think needs to be aggressive in moving up the draft board? Because they are a bunch of, I think, uh, what, eight teams with multiple first-round picks. Yeah, I'm looking at Kansas City, 29 and 30. Two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours. I like, the, I like that draft capital. Yeah. Now, you could argue that the Chiefs actually, they're pretty good at the starting position but their depth right now doesn't look very good, and maybe they could use most of those picks. But there's a part of me that thinks that the Chiefs, one or two of their guys that they have ranked as teams rank who they feel are first-round picks. And usually they only view about 17, 18 guys as first-round guys. And so when you're drafting at 29 or 30, the odds of one of those guys falling to you are pretty bad. But if all of a sudden – one of those guys makes it past Pittsburgh at 20. You start thinking to yourself, well, you know, maybe 
maybe I could package one of my, one of my second rounders or package a, a three and a four with my first first round pick and I could move up and I could get a guy at 21 or 22 that I actually had rated as a first rounder. I mean, the Patriots are sitting there in 21, 22. They like to deal and they love to deal down. I think the the Chiefs taking 29 and 30 and moving up to 13 and Houston dropping down and ending up with three first round picks in the draft is a possibility. If the Chiefs have one top notch player in which they go, wow, we can get him and we still have two twos, two threes, two fours to fill in our depth. I mean, maybe they replace Tyreek Hill with who they feel is the best wide receiver in the draft by moving up to 13. Maybe they get Jordan Davis put next to Frank Clark, thinking of not only now, but the future. I mean, I think, you know, they could use a right tackle, quite frankly. I I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to be aggressive. I would be surprised with eight picks in the first four rounds if they just hang tight and draft. I don't feel like Kansas, I don't feel like Kansas City will be at 29-30. I mean, last year the Chiefs moved the, moved the first round pick to get the left tackle from Baltimore. And I think on Thursday night the Kansas City Chiefs are going to move up. The guy we mentioned, I think Jameson Williams could be a Kansas City Chief because if not for the injury, Jameson Williams is probably a top 70 pick in Thursday's draft. And I agree. he's got speed to burn. And let's see. Tommy Kill could run like the demons. Nobody could stop Jameson Williams and see, and you and you saw more than anybody. Nobody could stop him. Not even those Georgia kids could stop him. Well, there's no doubt if he had not gotten hurt, he there's no way he goes later than Atlanta at eight. No way. You imagine you imagine Jameson Williams and Kyle Pitts on that fast artificial surface. Ooh, boy. Yeah, they got a lot of holes though. Uh, but while imagine Jameson Williams replacing Tyreek Hill with Kansas City. Now, I know they went out and they got Valdez Scantling and they got uh, Juju Smith, Schuster. But to me, those are number two and or number three wide receivers who I, I, I don't think they have a one on the team. Now, they got Kelsey, but I don't think they have a wide receiver that warrants attention from a safety. And if they get a chance to get them, I, I just think that there's – there's a potential deal there with Houston at 13, maybe Baltimore at 14. And you mentioned these two teams dealt just last year, but I, I just got a feeling Kansas city is going to be aggressive. I think the Packers not only have to be aggressive, but must be aggressive because green Bay has got two ones and two. Oh, what happened there? What happened? Um, I, I, I mistakenly, Hit a button. I think Green Bay has got to be aggressive. Two ones and two twos in the Devontae Adams trade. Green Bay needs to reward Aaron Rodgers with somebody. I mean, all yeah, Traylon Burks. I do not think it's happened, D. First off, you tell me the last time the Green Bay Packers were aggressive in the first round of the draft. Never. Never. and wait now you know you go back 30 years and ron wolf gave up a first round pick to acquire the spot to get brett Favre, uh, but 
the Packers sit tight or move down. Uh, the Packers feel as if they have a few holes. And I believe the Packers think that they can get a Christian Watson at either 22 or 28, or maybe even a Lave from Ohio State at 22. I think the Packers think that they'll be just fine hanging out where they are. Now, maybe, maybe they may take some picks and move up within a round to get a specific player. Like two years ago, they did move up from 30 to 26 to get Jordan Love. I could see a small move like that, whether it be in the first round, they had a fourth round pick, or in the second round, they had a fourth or fifth, and they move up within a round. But I don't see a major aggressive Chiefs-like move from the Packers. They just don't do it. I know the Packers hold on the draft picks like they're, like they're candy, but I think they've got to get one of these playmakers because you imagine what Aaron Rodgers could do with Jameson Williams. Uh, I agree. I agree. But if you're telling me that the price to get Jamison Williams is 22 and 28, I'm telling you, I don't think the Packers would do it. Now I would do it, but I don't think the Packers would do it. I think a perfect draft for Green Bay in the first round is they can get a wide receiver at 22. One of the two that I mentioned, and then they can draft a Jabu at 28 and stash them for a year and think that they've, you know, drafted a pass rusher who maybe helps them at the end of this season, but in all likelihood plays in 2023. That's interesting. Is there a, is there a chance that the Northern Iowa ta- tackles available at either of one of Green Bay's picks? Yes. Yes. I do think the Chargers at 17 – well, he, you know, because the top three, four tackles are all going to go. I mean, the top three are going to go real early. I think the fourth could go in the top 15. And then you start wondering, when does the fifth go? And so does he make it? You know, the Saints are definitely going to draft the tackle. Uh, yeah, because uh, the other one's just down the road in Miami. Exactly. So it's 16 or 19, probably 16, because they won't take any chances. They're going to draft a tackle. So the question becomes, did they take the fourth tackle or the fifth? So all five, including the Northern Iowa kid, could be a saint at 16. That might be where the tackle run ends. Yeah, Trevor Penning, I believe. Trevor Penning, the right tackle from Northern Iowa, looks like he will be the fourth or fifth tackle, depending on what mock draft you read. So. It's going to be a fascinating draft. Wide receivers, pass rushers, corners, but no quarterbacks. <laughs> just, just what we all thought well, of. But think about this. Four years ago, we had the sexiest draft you could ever imagine. We had quarterbacks go one, three, seven, and ten. And one of them hit. And only one of them hit Josh Allen at seven. Number 10 is all but out of the league in Josh Rosen. Number three is Sam Darnold, who's already on the second team. And number one is Baker Mayfield, who within hours of the draft will be on his second team. So of those four quarterbacks taken in the top 10, which had never happened before, only one of those four quarterbacks will see the option year 
of his rookie contract with the team who drafted him. Yeah, I think Buffalo would be happy with Josh Allen at seven. The other three, not so much. Well, it's a very interesting move that Cleveland has just made this offseason. I think from a football standpoint, it will work. We'll see what the fallout is. We'll also see just how long he's going to be suspended for in 2022. What if he's spending the whole, what if Deshaun's spending the whole year? That might play into whether they keep Baker or not. It'd be difficult for me to imagine he gets suspended more than eight games and probably gets reduced to six upon appeal. But I mean, NFL's got a rule on this at some time. Yeah, Big Ben got four games for whatever. Well, whatever. Originally, you got six. Actually, got six four. and brought down the four for what happened in uh, Colorado, right? Uh, Georgia. Oh, Georgia. But he was never even charged in that case. No, and technically, neither has Deshaun. No charges were filed by two grand juries against Deshaun. He's facing up to 22 civil suits, but no criminal charges have been filed against Deshaun. No charges were ever filed against Ben, and yet he was suspended for six games, reduced to four on appeal. Yeah, this, that's going to be an interesting case. So uh, thanks for hopping on, David. Uh, you can check out Miller and Moulton for your Southwest Florida fans on Twitch doing a uh, Thursday's first round and starting at 7.30 on Twitch. So uh, I wish you guys well and uh, safe travels this year, David. Dee, thanks a lot. All the best.